this is Tom Carlo, and you're listening to That Metal Interview Podcast. Metal Interview. And we welcome you guys once more to your favorite podcast, That Metal Interview Podcast, all the way from the state of Texas, with your friend James, of course. And I'm just kidding about the favorite part, but anyways, it is my favorite show, so anyways, we have Mr. Tommy DiCarlo, frontman for Boston, the Boston, the classic, legendary band Boston, of course, and uh, he, of course, replaced uh, other vocalists before uh, replacing. Uh, well, technically, he replaced Brad Delp. He, uh, he rest in peace, of course. Uh, the original lead singer for Boston, and right now Tommy DiCarlo is the frontman for for Boston, and he is here to present his uh, solo project by the name of Tommy DiCarlo, his own name, and the song is called "Dancing in the Moonlight." We'll be right back.
of the album is the same title as the song and the single Dancing in the Moonlight. Uh, my opinion is very minimal, of course, but I do have to put my two cents in here. And I did tell him it. Uh, this song does remind me and sounds like Boston. I mean, I know uh, none of the Boston people or uh, guys were involved with this record, of course. This is a Frontiers Music SRL project, and to me, it does remind me of uh, Boston stuff, which is awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, I'm pretty sure a couple of you guys and girls will agree with me uh, as far as that right there. I mean, Dancing in the Moonlight, and you listen to the guitars, and that's Boston right there, man. But anyways, anyways, let's keep going here. Let's check out our interview with Tommy DiCarlo, frontman for Boston, and he is here to promote Dancing in the Moonlight. Enjoy. So let's start off with um, uh, Dancing in the Moonlight, Frontiers. Right. That's you right. Got, you, yeah. got, you got 12 rocking tracks there. I heard it. Awesome stuff. Talk to us about this album. Uh, did you write the whole album, all the lyrics, riffs? Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, James, um, thankfully... Uh, Frontiers did most of the label work on this. Okay. Um, I did not. I did not write any, write any of the tracks. Um, <clears throat> although it was a collaborative effort between Frontiers writers and myself, um, the majority of the writing, uh, of course, the producing and everything, is uh, is uh, Frontiers. Um, particularly Alessandro, just a, a just a, a magician with anything he does musically. Del Vecchio, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic guy, a great, great, great musician. Um, so, um, and there was the difference between this particular release and my previous Frontiers release, um, uh, which was a band release, uh, DiCarlo Lightning Strikes Twice. Um, yes. That one, I put everything, and I spent a lot of time working on it. Where this was kind of nice because it gave me an opportunity to um, <clears throat> gave me an opportunity to focus strictly on the, the on the singing and the vocals and that was uh that's a bit of a blessing actually to, to not have to you know put the thinking cap on too much and, yeah. and do all the writing so yeah that was that was great so how is this album different than uh than lightning strikes twice uh you just said uh uh, the musicians are different, of course. Musically, how do you see it different? Well, I think, uh, truthfully, I think this hits a little harder. Um, um, I think they uh, they put together some um, some amazing tracks that are very powerful. Um, you know, uh, whereas uh, the DiCarlo Lightning Strikes Twice was a little more organic. Yeah. Um, but this was uh, this was fantastic. I mean, I really. Um, I really enjoyed working on this particular album. Um, there's uh, a lot of powerful backing vocals on here. Yeah. Um, done by an amazing vocalist uh, out in Frontiers Land. And um, so, uh, again, they made it they made it easy for me. But I think um, also what they did probably unconsciously was give me the opportunity to, to focus in more on my vocal work as opposed to, yeah. you know, all the other things that go along with that. With an original release. So I take it uh, your son isn't involved in this one, right? Yeah. No, he had the opportunity to be, but he had so much going on with his own projects. He just didn't have time to do it. But they did. They did. They did offer if he wanted to play on a track or two. He's more than welcome. But you know, uh, maybe a future track, a uh, future album. Hopefully there'll be another one. It'd be nice to come back with a third. You know, I'll, as long as people want to hear the music, I'm certainly happy to. You know, to be a part of it and get it out there for him to hear because 
there is an audience for this melodic classic rock. Oh yeah, and it may not be on the radio every day we like we'd like it to be, but um, you know, uh, there's still a lot of people who want to hear this. And um, and Frontiers has done a great job carrying that torch, and you know, yeah. continuing on with that with that great music. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. Uh, so why a solo album? Why not call it uh, the Carlo like the the last one? Um. Well, I think. Uh, I think the idea be- behind this one was to um, showcase myself vocally, like like I talked about. You know, okay. Carlo was, uh, although I did all the writing on it, there, uh, I, I did work with my son and a few other musicians to put all the tracks together. Yeah. But, um, um, you know, I think you try things and see, you know, you, you, you see what works, what, you know, what, what, what people want to hear and um, on the last track or on the last album, although I'm certainly proud of, uh, of, of it, um, maybe the focus, uh, um, you know, the songwriting wasn't quite what people were wanting to hear. And it's okay because, you know, I mean, a lot of those songs were things in my head from back in, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And it was nice to be able to get them on tape. But um, this uh, this album gave me the opportunity to basically showcase, uh, you know, my vocals. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and Frontiers gave me that opportunity. And again, they gave me a chance to, to get away from the writing aspect of it and leave that in their hands, which was a blessing. Yeah. This album kind of sounds like Boston. I'm not sure if I uh, hope you don't get offended or anything like that. Uh, do you think it could have passed as a Boston album? Uh, do you agree or disagree? Um, you know, I don't. Uh, actually, you're the first person who said uh, to me that it sounded like Boston. Um, a little bit, yeah. I, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I, I will take that as a compliment, um, uh, given the fact that I didn't write it yeah. um, or record any of the tracks. I don't know if that was the. Uh, intent yeah but when you go back to that particular style of music it's um you know you may find uh you know some similarities in a lot of bands that that were inspired by you know by the band boston oh yeah guys what a what a what a compliment that is to tom Scholz. yeah for sure yeah Uh, one of my questions was uh, it did tom Scholz contribute anything to this record but you just answered that so There's a lot of uh, similarities there to, to Boston, of course. But uh, anyways, I love ballads. Talk to me about uh, No Surrender. Oh, uh, yeah, great song. Um, uh, that's one of the, um, you know, more power-type ballads on the, on the, on the release. Um, another fun one to sing. But also, a, uh, you know, it, it does have some, some, some bite to it. You know, it's not just a you know, pretty love ballad. I mean, there's, you know, there's some, there's, it's got a little edge. And um, it's, uh, it was one of my, um, you know, one of my favorites to sing. I mean, I'm, I kind of consider myself a balladeer from way back in the day. So, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I kind of got that um, more so from like a, a Steve Perry of Journey because he, he he did those so well. And um, but yeah, I mean, but you know, again, the good thing about that is, you know, you can take a similarity of something like that particular song to that of a journey song which is you yeah. know power with some edge but still a rock ballad you know and uh, yeah. a little softness to it but not too much yeah it's good stuff uh, going back to your past a bit when did you first know you could sing were you a, a small boy or a teenager yeah you know going all the way back i can remember sitting in the back seat of my my parents station wagon and they were and they had a, a bobby vinton eight track tape nice I remember, <laughs> i remember singing to that um, I could actually go in order 
up to Brad Dell. It would be originally it would be Bobby Vinton, yeah. a little bit of Elvis. Okay. After that, a little bit of uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah. And then came Brad Delp, and then it was over. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nice, nice. So so for people that don't know, how did you get the Boston gig? I mean, I know you've been asked this a couple of times, several times. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, it's part of my history, and um, I'm certainly proud of it. Um, uh, unfortunately, it came on the heels of an unfortunate incident. Uh, Brad Delp took his own life back in 2007. Yeah. And um, I posted some cover songs, Boston cover songs, on a, a MySpace page that my daughter helped me set up at the time. And um, those songs somehow made it over to uh, uh, the Boston camp, and they gave it a listen, and were you know they liked what they heard, which I was, I couldn't believe. And they uh, they reached out to me and invited me to sing at the Brendel tribute show, which, quite honestly, I thought would be the only thing I'd ever do. I, if that was my, you know, 15 minutes of fame, I would be, still be happy today. Yeah, wow. So that, yeah, so that's how that happened. Just like that, huh? Wow, just like a movie. Cool. Will we see uh, you touring this album? Is there a tour in plans, or, or and will you be including stuff from, from Lightning Strikes Twice? You know, um, it's a good question, and um, I gotta tell you, James, I, I think uh, the album sales will dictate that. Okay. Uh, hopefully there'll be a uh, a good uh, uh, you know a good response. Hopefully this will be receptive. Uh, the fans will really enjoy it. And if so, and you know, we can put something together and go take it out live. So absolutely, I'd love to do that. That'd be great for us fans. Yeah. You know it. You know us. Can you give us an update on uh, DeCarlo? Any future recordings in the plans? Um, you know, there is always something in the works with DeCarlo. We're always working on something. Um. You know, having a, a home studio is uh, is uh, one of the. Uh, it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse because it's it's it gives me a reason to want to get in here and work on new stuff and and then having uh, you know walking by the the studio door and knowing that just inside is a lot of music equipment that I can go have a lot of fun with. A lot of toys. <laughs> it's hard not to come in here and perform. <laughs> so yeah, we're always working on something, be it a live show or. You know, or a new song that we're you know we, we do have a few things in the works for uh, for for another album. You know, we we put some things together and then we just tuck them away until it's the right time. So yeah, we're always doing something. Nice. And uh, the obvious question: uh, any update on Boston? Uh, not for me. Um, if uh, that would be a better question suited for Tom Scholes, of course, Tom's founding member of the band Boston, and essentially he is Boston, being the yes. writer and you know. Uh, producer and engineer of all their amazing albums but, yes uh, oh yeah and if, and if you can get him on the phone james i'd be pretty impressed yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's the main guy of course yeah, yeah uh would you like to send a message to your fans listening to this podcast tommy oh uh, yeah i would you know thank you for being um interested in in my music uh thank you for being um you know just uh, in my opinion classic rock fans the best fans ever and um, most importantly, uh, um, I want to wish everyone and their families a safe and happy holidays. Awesome. Thank you, Tommy, for your time and uh, the updates. And uh, great job with uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. And uh, I can't wait for fans to hear the rest. Oh, me too. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. Happy holidays to you, my friend. Tommy DiCarlo, 
a badass album and a badass singer for you guys, for us rock fanatics. Dancing in the Moonlight, pick it up, stream it, download it, purchase it. Uh, you got lineup on here is uh, Tommy DiCarlo, of course, David Julian on guitars on certain tracks. You got Martin Jepsen Anderson on certain other guitars. Alessandro Del Vecchio, of course, some of you guys might know he is an awesome, awesome producer and works with uh, Frontiers Music SRL. He does bass guitar for this record. He does keyboards and backing vocals. So anyways, on drums, you got Nicholas Papap. I'm sorry about my pronunciation. Nicholas Papapico. Papapico. Excuse my pronunciation there. But you got Nicholas on the drums. Additional musicians, you got August Zadra. Uh, he does the guitar solo on Dancing in the Moonlight. So anyways, long story short, you got 12 awesome tracks right here from Mr. Tommy DiCarlo, the frontman for Boston, the legendary Boston band, American rock band, Boston. So anyways, uh, thank you, Tommy, for making time and uh, chatting with us and promoting your uh, new material and answering a couple of questions from your friend James. Thank you guys for checking out that metal interview and uh, your fans listening on this podcast so on Spotify, YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell. And uh, don't forget to keep it metal. That middle interview.